Welcome to the Can I Steal You for a Second podcast, a Bachelor podcast, and part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Can I Steal You for a Second podcast. I'm Ashley Young, joined by Natalie Zamora. Super excited to talk about The Bachelor but not just last night's episode, also all of the drama and really important conversations that unfolded in Bachelor Nation this week. Natalie, what's up? How's it going? Week week seven. How are you feeling about things? I know. I feel like I say this every week, but it's just going by so fast. And I'm going to say it again. I don't feel connected to these girls. And now we're about to be at hometowns. And I feel like the franchise is just a mess right now. And I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I'm just watching. It all unfolds. Along for the ride, I think it's the perfect 2020-2021 uh, description of this franchise. Is we've seen a lot of change and conversations, but it's weird to see it kind of overshadow, I think, the storylines in the show, and, and rightfully so. It's a historic season. There's conversations that are long overdue, change that's long overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, but along for the ride, I love that. That's how I feel from the safety of my couch. Um, watching some of the drama in the show and also real life, like I said, long overdue conversations. And we're going to dive all into that. Uh, before we do, just a reminder, the uh, support for the Can I Steal You For A Second podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you and your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. It's a lot of men. You know, um, (laughs) obviously, Ashley and I don't have direct experience with Manscaped, but I mean, it definitely sounds like a game changer. I know you're saying, Ashley, you had heard of the company before and had seen, you know, really fun ads for it and everything like that. Um, and you know, if, if you need support down there, use Manscaped. I mean, besides trimmers, they also offer anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, which, um, I've never even heard of before, but it seems like a great idea. Like, uh, you know, uh, any, anyone will admit that balls aren't always the best smelling part of a man. So why wouldn't a guy just want to make sure they're doing doing everything they can to change that? Like it's a no brainer to me. And even now, you know, everything's different with COVID and quarantine. Hopefully one night stands aren't really a thing right now because it's too dangerous. So if you're hooking up with someone, you're probably either dating them or you're super close to them. So that means you should definitely keep your private parts smelling and looking good for that person in your life because they're dealing with you every day. So, like, come on, just just do it. Tell them, Natalie. <laughs> um, but like Natalie said, awesome advertising. They're all over the place. On TikTok is where I see them. My algorithm, I don't know what it's telling me. <laughs> pop up all the time. So if you want to go check them out, um, it's more than just trimmers, tons of great products, and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code fansided20. I always need transition after that. Let's <laughs> talk about Bachelor Nation. <laughs> Bachelor Nation. Uh, we will get into all the logistics of the episode. 
Um, but really the biggest storyline coming out of Bachelor Nation this week is Chris Harrison's interview with Rachel Lindsay. Um, I thought I would be saying all of the Rachel drama. Um, I don't like the word drama, actually. I think I want to use um, things from Rachel's very recent past coming to light, uh, photos, tweets, conversations, you know, the typical unearthing of who you were before Bachelor fame mm-hmm. coming to light. I thought that was going to be the biggest story we were talking about. Instead, Chris Harrison said, I'll do you one better and be really passive aggressive and, you know, perpetuate antiquated and racist ideals on television with one of my favorite people in the franchise, Rachel Lipsy. What's going on, <laughs> Natalie? When you saw this interview, um, what was your immediate reaction? It was so hard to watch. It was just so cringeworthy because, you know, on the one hand, I understand Chris Harrison not wanting to say too much when Rachel, um, the contestant, wasn't able to yet. Like, I get that. You're not allowed to say anything, sure. But I feel like you could have not said anything about her, but then also, you know, condemned the racist accusations being made against her and say, you know, if it's true, that's terrible. And, you know, say something instead of, just kind of brushing it aside and saying, like, if it happened in 2018, that's different than 2021. It's not, Chris Harrison. It was just really disappointing. Disappointing, cringy, hard to watch. Yeah. Um, the whole time I was kind of, like, I don't know, tense. Yeah. Like, this can't be happening. Right? Yeah. This can't be happening. Um, and he, the line where he was like, I don't know, Rachel, does it make it okay? You tell me. And Rachel is kind of like, I am a black woman telling you this is very inappropriate. This is racist. We need to speak out as like leaders in Bachelor Nation. And he was like having a hissy fit over it. Like someone who seems like pretty chill and down to earth. Um, So it was really hard to watch him just speak to someone that I think all of Bachelor Nation really respects. Uh, Really cringy. And, you know, you're reminded that this isn't the first time Chris Harrison has had issues. Um, you know, you work in TV, you're going to slip up, say bit dumb things, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure I do it on the podcast all the time, <laughs> but enough. But you have to have accountability with that platform. And I really thought it was not a great look for him. I think it was some very honest, true colors coming to light. And he apologized and said he's taking some time away. You know, what do you think of that move? He's the face of The Bachelor. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that he's kind of voluntarily doing it. Um, I saw how some uh, Bachelor fans, you know, started petitions to get him fired and everything like that, which I completely understood, you know. If people watched that interview and felt, you know, personally really hurt, they don't want to see this guy on their TV every week on, you know, a show that they love to watch. So I completely understood, you know, why people would want him to not be the face of it anymore. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, they haven't said they're going to replace him yet. I don't know what stepping down, like how long does that, how long does that mean? I don't know, but I think it's the right move for him. And I'm curious to see like, what is this learning he's going to be doing in the meantime? That's such a great question. Is how, how is, you know, the bachelor holding him accountable? But mm-hmm. if the people encouraging him to step down are also the same people that, you know, casted, 20 some odd white male leads before Matt James like is is that the right people to do the teaching um I don't have the answer to that 
Um, I think I know how I emotionally feel about it, but there's things more than just stepping down. And I don't know if this is the fix, Um, but it was a really ugly interview. Um, And Rachel's husband, Brian, was on the podcast with Mike Johnson um, talking it out. And the way he praised his wife's composure and her poise, um, that's something I admire in her just as a woman in media um, is someone in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I've done and said some stupid things and I was angry or emotional and how she handles herself in that interview. Like it's been a couple of days now and I'm blown away. Um, and he also went on to say, you know, my wife is quote the best thing to ever happen to this franchise. And I just want to go on record and say, I think I agree with you, Brian. I totally agree. She's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I agree. That That is really sweet. And I think I agree. The way that she was so elegant in the interview when I'm sure she was pissed off, like everyone watching it was pissed off. So I can only imagine how she was feeling. And she handled it, you know, with such grace and was so poised, like you said. Um, and I, I do really love her. You know, I feel like she's never been one to hesitate to call out the franchise, but also recognize that she's part of it and recognize, you know, that she had an awesome opportunity to be on the show. And I think that's kind of what we need, you know, somebody to call out the franchise when they're wrong, but also not say like, we should shut the show down and like, it sucks. And why did I ever do it? You know, cause that's kind of unreasonable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think the argument is Chris Harrison, you know, used a lot of the cliches, like, we need to have great, <laughs> we need to let, you know, Rachel, contestant Rachel, speak on her own terms. And I think, you know, having grace and a space for learning is not mutually exclusive with accountability and repercussions. Mm-hmm. And people love to forget that. Like, we can come out and say, like, hey, these photos of, a plantation party are absolutely disgusting and inappropriate and embarrassing and how did the vetting department not see these or not care to find them um i know that other people in bachelor nation have come out and been like yeah they told me to delete you know this comment from 2007 so is your vetting department all white and oblivious like what's going on how does the lead of your show not go into that interview with more preparation in representing the franchise. There's just a lot of red flags um, that aren't new, but I think mm-hmm. that they're coming to light and people are speaking out. Um, and on that note is the women of season 25 put out a statement. You probably saw it on Twitter, or Instagram. Um, there's a lot of weight on the season being like historic. Mm-hmm. And this isn't how it should have unfolded when that like history should be celebrated. But they said, quote, just because she, Rachel Lindsay, is speaking the loudest doesn't mean she is alone. And I love the solidarity that the women are showing. And um, I know some people didn't watch the episode this week. Um, other people are kind of protesting and taking a step back. And I hope, like you said, it results in change, not just total elimination of something that brought a lot of people together. Yeah, I agree. I think for a lot of people in the franchise, you know, not even Chris Harrison, maybe it's like producers, maybe it's somebody else behind the scenes, like, there needs to be more of a learning process, just so like, just so the show is fair. And I think it hasn't been fair, historically for the entire run with all the white leads and 
a mostly white cast. And like you said, it is really sad that this season um, with all all of the diversity that, you know, it's come to this and then a person who might win the show um, has this has this troublesome background. And I know that she had the chance to speak out and I kind of want to hear more from her because her response was very vague, but it was also, I'm sure she's not allowed to say much because she's still on the show, but it's just sad. It's like, of course, this is how, how this, how it would come to be. Um, but yeah, there, there just needs to be some type of education going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think that's the argument too, is, you know, at a certain point, having a space for learning and growth is important, but do we have space in Bachelor Nation for people who in 2018 think those types of parties are appropriate? Yeah, that was, that. I have my thoughts and, but it, I, I just worry about like, I'm not a perfect person, but damn, Rachel, like, what are you doing? Who, who planned that? Who planned that? I don't know. It's insane. And like you said, like people found this stuff so easily. It's like, no regrets no care in the world it's just out there for everyone to see it's just it's it's insane to me it's insane I think that some of the conversations we saw just across the country in the past year I don't think very I don't know if I ever said wow this is shocking or this is new um I think that was a very naive stance to take on frustrations that were discussed in the past year about you know racial inequality in our country but I will say, I did not know that these types of parties existed or that it was a theme. I went to college and I didn't, to my knowledge, there, I was never invited or knew of these types of parties. So, you know, something I think I want to do is really learn, like, how deeply rooted is this issue in, like, our social setting? Um, I was blown away by that party. I was shocked, shocked. Yeah. I think I'm informed. I'm still naive and need to learn. Yeah, I agree. I had never heard of this type of party, especially like today. Like, um, I like it just is insane that we're talking about this now and that these parties are going on. You know, um, it's just it 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 really is no no other way to describe it besides insane. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think the takeaway here is uh, to no surprise to anyone having the first. You know. Having Matt James in this historic season doesn't fix the past. Yeah. Um, but I don't also know if it launched progress forward for this this platform and this show. Um, and you're just having a black lead doesn't change things. We also need to like, you know, is that a safe space for these women of color on the show? Mm-hmm. For the casting crew, like I think there's a lot more questions that need to be answered. Um, in a show that's rooted kind of in mystery, like what goes on in the mansion. I really do hope that it's a safe space for all of these people. Um, but I, I don't think it is. Um, and I don't think they're outwardly coming out and being like, this is how we maintain safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Just seeing what some of the women are saying. Um, Piper tweeted last night or this week, um, black women in this franchise must always be hyper aware, hyper aware of our grace because no one is extending it to us. Um, and I just thought that was a line that really struck me. Um, Piper, who was one of my favorites this season, um, for her to say that, I was like, you know what? Yeah, check us, Piper. Check check the viewers. Um, I know last night something that was on my timeline on Twitter 
was when they talked about having grace or growth to learn, they cut to Rachel, white <laughs> Rachel on the screen. <laughs> Could it have been an oversight and something that was produced like weeks ago before these conversations were happening? Maybe, but it was interesting that they panned to like the white woman in the room um, for that line. So I'm a little more tuned into how the show's edited as well. Yeah, and it's like, even if that was weeks ago, it's like, they're just, it, they must just be careless, you know, to like, not look it over, or like, try to go through the footage and be like, do we edit anything, you know, that, that makes Rachel stand out in X way, you know what I mean? And I think it's just like, careless. Careless. Also, go fix it. Yeah. 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 Like, just maybe give it a quick comb through. Yeah. If there's anything that we could, we could tweak. So again, bachelor producers like figure it out get your stuff together make sure chris harrison is like actively learning and growing as the face of your show a few suggestions from my very you know i don't i don't know it's not that hard it's not that hard to like want to be a good person um and if that's hard for someone fix it or don't have them on your show yeah um do you think he's really gonna step down forever though or is this just a band-aid fix on some really ugly crap yeah, I, I definitely couldn't see it being forever. I really hope that, like you said, there's some type of learning. Like, he, I don't know what it would be or, like, how he would, you know, prove that he's learned things. But I think if he's going to step down and come back, it needs to be a long time. And I'm kind of hoping that, you know, in the meantime, they might replace him. And then by the time he's ready to come back, everyone just loves the new person so much that they're like, we don't, we don't really need you, Chris Harrison. Like, sorry, but I, I don't, if he's never the host again, I'll be okay with it. I second that. <laughs> I think he's so boring. And I, yeah, maybe that's a hot take. I just think this show needs a little spice. It needs a little facelift, you know, bring in someone. It's just the seriousness of the show is too comical. Um, jumping the gun to the end of the episode here. Um, but those clips they show at the end of the episode where the like characters, I say characters, <laughs> where like the contestants are like dancing, or last night we saw yeah. like, the up. the personality. Where is that for the two hours I'm watching TV? Chris Harrison, bring a little thumbs up in. Bring in a comedian to host the show. I think there's a big spot for improvement here. I don't think I'd miss him. He gave it a good run. <laughs> I understand he's he is Bachelor Nation, but. It's time, Chris. Like, see yourself out. Yeah. Um, do you have anyone in mind that you'd love to see? Hmm, I don't know. Of course, I keep seeing people saying that Rachel and Z should replace him. And that would be awesome because I love her. Um, and then I also were seeing, oh, people think JoJo Fletcher just because she was on the season previously filling in for him. Um, I don't know much about her. I didn't watch her season, so I can't really comment. But... It would also be interesting if they brought someone that, like you said, like a comedian, somebody that's not Bachelor Nation and is just like a hilarious person. So now I'm kind of into that idea. Right? Like maybe less white men moving forward in this franchise. I don't know. Just a suggestion if you're yeah. listening. Bachelor. <laughs> um, exact. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think these conversations are so important. Um, it's hard to see a show that so many boy- people watch loyally really fumble the ball and fumble it bad and at a certain point I think where I I struggle is how much of this is just an active choice of ignorance and 
um, I was really inspired and impressed by how many people spoke up and did so in such a, like, I don't know, the composure, the eloquence. Mm -hmm. Talking about these issues, like, I'm angry, and I know that it's something, as a white woman, I can't even speak to an ounce of the frustration. So shout out all of the wonderful women that are brave enough to go on national TV and do so with, like, their head held high. I could never in a million years do it. Like, now it's for all of you guys. It's incredible. So, Natalie, I hope I hope they fix it. I really, really do, because the show um, we talk about on the podcast is such a nice escape from reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like a bonding experience in a year where we couldn't see family and friends. And I think it's really messed up that there are so many issues um, going on behind the scenes and it's not fair to the the people, the cast, the crew that give us like wonderful entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree a hundred percent. Like it's such a fun show and it, it just, it pains me that, you know, there's so much hurt behind it now that's, you know, coming to light. I'm glad that it is coming to light, but it's, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, you want better. It's like, you know, when they say don't meet your heroes, Chris Harrison's not my hero. Yeah. Like, in sentiment. It's like he's on my TV every week. I let that man in my house. Um, so hopefully we see some change. I think there's some big am- questions to answer as we, you know, move on in Bachelor Nation. Hopefully um, we do see the change. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll recap uh, this week's episode. All right, so if you remember last week, or the week before that, or the week before that, uh, Natalie and I love to say that time is a flat circle, and we just feel really disconnected from the season. Whether that's uh, the fact that we're coming up on a year in a pandemic, or the fact that Matt James is kind of mellow, and the women have just been really relentlessly bullying each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But last night, I, I looked at my screen, and I go, damn, we're really like winding down to the final few here um which is weird and heather's back on my screen and that's kind of like in the oh my god there's heather so that's where the episode started with the chaos of heather so fresh off these conversations that i'm having and like upsetting discussions um heather's back i'm like this is the dumbest storyline ever (laughs) i cannot believe this is on my tv right now Mm -hmm. Um, what'd you think of the Heather breakdown? Because she got with a new one. Yeah, I felt terrible for her. I also thought that the whole storyline of bringing her in was really unnecessary. Not her fault. This is on Bachelor Producers. Definitely not her fault. Um, But I think it was just a waste of time because, you know, Matt considered letting her come on. But at the end of the day, you know, we're going to hometowns next week. So that's just, you know, not a good idea. So I'm glad that he he ultimately chose not to let her join the competition. Um, But also I'm glad he didn't because her life would be hell there. Like the girls were so mean to her, made her cry in like five minutes. And it's like, dude, I get we've said this before because now the show loves bringing on new people but like I get being upset that there's more competition but in the real world there's always going to be competition like if you and Matt are right for each other it shouldn't matter like just pull it together I understand it's a high stress situation and I you know I haven't done it so I don't know but 
I just feel like that bullying was insane. That was way too much. It's too much. It's it's something we've seen, I think, all season. Is they, they gang up on yeah. the weak one or the vulnerable one. Um, and it's hard to see that bullying. And I thought the same thing. And then, of course, I go, try to be open-minded, like, whatever. You know, you don't know what's going on in the house. You only get what's produced. And Piper, you know, went out and talked about like, why she was so worked up. And I went back and watched, and Heather walked in, and usually the thought is, like, can I steal him for a second, right? Mm-hmm. You say it to the other woman. Heather walked in and said, Matt, can I talk to you? And it's this, you know, theme of Black women feeling like, or women of color feeling unseen or invisible in a room. And I was like, damn, I didn't even catch that when I was watching. And Piper was just kind of like, be mindful of that. Any other time, literally our podcast, can I steal you for a second? Yeah. Like you say it to like the other person. Hey, like, can I steal him? Do you mind if I swoop in? Heather struts him and literally doesn't even acknowledge that I was kind of having a conversation with Matt. And I was like, damn. So suddenly, I will never condone bullying. However, maybe this instance, I was like, she did come in hot. She came in hot, didn't really follow. And they called her on that. Is You didn't follow like the narrative of the show. And you've been on the show before. Um, so I didn't really buy the crocodile tears by Heather. <laughs> I don't condone bullying, though. I don't condone the bullying. Um, so I was a little annoyed. Did you see uh, Demi's tweet going out, kind of attacking the women from the show? Yeah, and I kind of in my head was like, you're like close friends with Heather. So, you know, of course you're going to take her side and kind of just do that act. Also, Demi was a villain and a bully back on Colton's season, so I don't I don't really know what she was talking about. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I think, yeah, like, the, the villain is always fun TV, but then once the TV is stripped back, I'm like, I don't get your shtick anymore. Yeah. So I, I respect her for sticking up for her friends, but I also think, again, fresh off a week of let's learn, let's grow, go listen to Piper on, you know, Rachel's podcast talking about, like, you know, being spoken over not even spoken to mm-hmm. and like have more of an open mind than blindly defending your friend um but her tweet was like batch girls always love meeting me parentheses because my clout and ability to entertain <laughs> okay settle down a notch um well i don't want to know a single one of the people who said mean shit to heather kiss my ass hashtag oh. the bachelor like, okay demi I get it. You worked out, like, your job. Um, so it was weird. And then, obviously, Heather didn't stay. She just left in her white minivan. Yeah. What? They should have been like, this was bad TV. Let's not even use it. I know. I know. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree. It was just stupid. There was no point to it, and it just wasted time. And then they had to speed up the rest of the episode and then eliminate, like, six other girls. So I don't know. <laughs> It was so, so strange. So, of course, you know, Matt's like, uh, this isn't going to work. Can I walk you out? She dips. We have a rose ceremony. Two more women go home. And that's when I had my aha moment of, oh, my God, the season's dwindling. Like, this is the home stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you surprised with who got a rose at that point in the episode? Um, no, I wasn't surprised. I was kind of scared that Abigail was gonna go home during that rose ceremony. So I was relieved that she didn't even though she does later on in the episode. Um, 
But I think it kind of made sense. I mean, I did think that Chelsea was going to stay on longer. But then at the end of the day, and the episode is over, and there's only four women left, I'm like, okay, yeah, makes sense that she's gone now. Um, Felt like two years ago when the episode started, but here we are. Yeah, I really like Chelsea. I felt like we didn't see as much of her as I would like, but yeah. I follow her on TikTok and like have gotten into her socials, mm-hmm. which I don't normally do with Bachelor contestants. Um, and she just is someone that you like have a friend crush on. Like I love yeah. her style and just she was chill. She wasn't really like a mean girl. She was just seemed like such a cool person. Um, so I was bummed to see her go, but also not surprised. Um, we haven't really seen any kind of spark from anyone this season with that. <laughs> yep, agreed. Um, so it kind of, you know, okay, Heather drama calls down. We have Rose Ceremony. And then we have kind of strange one-on-one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, this is not an Ashley Bash, The Bachelor podcast. But obviously there's some problems. And I think it's important we do talk about them. They did tantric yoga, which is designed to be, like, intimate and evoke, like, emotions and feelings with your partner. So it is sexual. Like, mm-hmm. That's just the premise of this yoga practice, right, mm-hmm. is, like, connection. It, clearly, Serena P. was so uncomfortable, this whole thing. And it was kind of hard to watch on my screen because I felt bad for her, that she was not forced, but had to, like, participate in this date that she was clearly uncomfortable by. Yeah, it was really awkward. And I was kind of, like, not even really fully watching because it was just weird. And it's just, like, why does this franchise love the tantric yoga thing? Like, they did it in Claire's with Claire and um, Blake. And it's it's just, like, what what is going on? Like, I don't know. It's just a weird – it's a weird activity, and I feel like – like, I personally, sure, I'd do it, but I understand why she was uncomfortable. And it just made for an awkward viewing experience. Oh, my God, for sure. And she was very candid at the end of it, talking to Matt, which I love. Yeah. It made me like her. It didn't almost. It made me like her more because she was so comfortable being like, actually, I was uncomfortable. And that was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I was waiting for it to be over. I think that's a first and last for me. Like, she really leaned in. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that was telling of Matt's character how he was like receptive of it. What didn't you like about it? Like tell me more. Um and so I think that honesty really did get her the rose. Like that, you know, being, hey, I tried it to like be a good sport, but it wasn't really a good fit for me. So um it was an eye opening moment and I don't know, it was cute after the awkwardness. I appreciated like their candid conversation. Yeah, I agree. And I also, yeah, I was really glad that she said something because it was obvious that she was uncomfortable. And like she said, she was like, I'm not just going to be like, I loved it. And then Matt thinks that she loves it. And then they have to do it again. You know, it's just always better. Even if it's awkward to admit that you're uncomfortable, it's just better in the long run. So I think their conversation was like really healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And then the rest of the episode... We have a couple exits, a couple exits. Um, we had, you know, Matt doing the thing where he picks up the rose and then <laughs> sends someone home with it in his hand. My favorite bachelor move. Um, sweet baby Abigail left the show last night, um, was sent home. I really should say um, mm-hmm. 
she spoke her truth and that was like, you know, it's not there. Let me walk you out. And all my whole Twitter timeline was people like justice, justice for Abigail. I loved her. Um, how'd you feel about her finally leaving this season? It was sad. I, I mean, I'm glad that Matt was honest with her because, you know, it was obvious he wasn't that into it anymore. She was the only one that didn't get a one-on-one and Serena got two one-on-ones. Like, it was just painfully obvious that he wasn't that into Abigail as maybe he was in the beginning. So I was like, you better not string her along. Like she's being mature and asking how you feel about everything, you know, hometowns are next week. And he was honest and, you know, his answer annoyed me, but I'm glad that he was honest. Um, He said that, you know, she did get the first impression rose and he did have a connection with her really early on. So he felt comfortable enough to kind of leave her on the sideline and go explore other relationships and then just forgot to come back to her, essentially. Which I was like, uh, you're such a man, I can't stand it, but I'm glad I'm glad he's I'm glad he was honest about it at least. <laughs> uh the number of times I say that with him is like literally hit like example, him loving yoga and her being like, Hey, I was really uncomfortable. I was like classic. Mm-hmm. Like so blissfully unaware to like what is going on emotionally. Um, and then group date rose, you know, of course, girls do none other than Rachel. Uh. And we're starting to see perhaps there's a favorite here, um, which just heightens, I think, all of the severity of, you know, these posts. I don't know what the word is here. Um, I know. Behavior. Yeah bad decisions, ignorance. I don't I don't know what the word to best encompass all of it is, but she's clearly a front runner. There's some spoilers out there. And she gets the group date rose. And I was like, again, can't we just edit it out this one week? I know. Read the room. Read the room. And, you know, she's sitting there and it's, you know, Aloe Black, who's a black man, singing. Mm-hmm. She's in Matt James's arm, black man. And I'm like, again, historic season all of this stuff comes out this week. She gets the rose. I'm just rolling my eyes. Like, you know, nothing's live until it's on the air. You can always go back and edit the tape. Is it, you can have your employees working nights? Maybe, maybe. But edit all this stuff to, like, just read the room a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It was really tone deaf. And it was just terrible to watch. It was really terrible. Especially, like, it... Uh, on Matt's end, I understand if he was like, I have a connection with this girl, so I want to give her a rose and send her to hometowns, you know? Like, it was a very important rose, he even admitted. But the way it played out on our screens was just terrible. Poor Breeze is like, I had to resign from my job to come be here, and I think it's extremely worth it. And Rachel's just like, yeah, I'm feeling the same way about you as you are about me. And... <laughs> She got the rose. It was just like, uh, dude, I, it was hard to watch. It, it was really hard to watch. And so I'm just like, all right, you know what? It's on my screen. Let's roll with it. Um, it, it, it is what it is, I guess. I can only complain so much. Um, so, yeah, I can hope Bachelor execs are listening. Like, read the room. Read the room. It's like the theme of the year here. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, um, Kit, who I have not been a fan of, um, Cause she's 21 mostly. Yeah. Her husband at 21. She decides that she's going to leave on her own accord, goes up to Matt and is like, I really am not ready to like settle down, have kids. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a career woman. And Matt's like, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> and he walks her out. And I'm kind of like, okay, thank God this happened. 
um, least surprising thing, but also what a masterclass in getting like some Bachelor Nation clout without having to get too deep into the chaos. Like she got some followers, got some clout for her business endeavors, and then she can go home. I love that for her. Yeah, totally. She's definitely like, there's no way she went on the show wanting to get engaged. Like, yeah, like you said, she's 21 years old. She's a child. She has to finish school, she said. And, you know, good, like you said, good for her for going on just to have fun and then leaving the situation on her own accord. Like, it, it was funny. And I was like, all right, nice. On to the next thing. Like, got that over with. <laughs> the finished school is so funny. <gasps> Just, like, go home and do your homework. Like, yeah. You have to finish school. Like, this is not the same journey. I know Bachelor Nation loves the word journey. Mm-hmm. I don't think your journeys are quite ready to cross it, so whatever. No. Um, Jasenia, though, and Matt, they were really cute on their date. They did, like, the thing, race car stunt driving, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cute. Yeah, I thought they had a good date, and it seemed like they were having a lot of fun. And I always really liked Jasenia. I think in the beginning of the episode to Heather, she was kind of going at her a little too hard. But at the same time, I have liked her throughout the season. So I was like, all right, nice. I kind of expected her to go home only because she was the last person to get a one-on-one. You know, she seems like a really nice person. She's beautiful, but I haven't seen a connection with Matt. So it was kind of one of those things. It was the same thing as like with Katie. Their date was really fun, but I was kind of like waiting just for Matt to be like, but you know, we're not on the same page kind of thing. And that's exactly what happened. So I wasn't surprised, sadly. Yeah, no, like you said, it was another fun date, which is the first time I've seen like Matt smile or Matt like, <laughs> look like he's having a good time. But then we saw how that went last week with Katie. So I was a little on edge for that. Um, but all in all, at the end of the episode, we see um, Piper go home, uh, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But I guess at this point, each elimination is a little more surprising because we're getting down to like the nitty gritty final few. Yeah, I just was shocked that they had two rose ceremonies in one episode. Like, they were getting getting ready for it, and there was, like, 10 minutes left of the episode, and I was like, they're not really going to do another one, right? Like, this isn't right. This doesn't, like, compute in my head right now. So the whole thing was jarring to me. Uh, something we've talked about all season is just the uh, disparity between Tasha's the production value, yeah. the money pumped into the set, whatever, versus Matt. And we see teasers for hometowns um, and how the family is actually, you know, visiting um, for hometowns. So they're obviously not going to the physical hometowns, but we saw virtual hometowns with Tasha season. And this season, we're actually getting to meet the families. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but isn't it annoying? Like, are, maybe I just need to let it go. Like, what's done is done. But the disparity between the Tasha experience and the Matt James experience feels unjust. Yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like, you know, with Hometowns with Patients, like the family members that were able to come, they were sitting in this small ass room, sweat, just like dripping, like the air conditioning was not on. Cut to Matt season. It's like their entire family in like this grand, you know, mansion, hotel, resort thing, whatever it is. It's just huge. And it's just, it's a lot. It's very different. It's so, so wet. I can't believe I forgot about the sweat. 
that whole season, everyone looked like they were literally fresh out of the pool. Yeah. Every single time they catch them. Um, yeah, so it's gross. But hometowns is my favorite part of the season. Mm-hmm. I love um, seeing, you know, where these people came from, getting some insight to how they're really feeling. But next to hometowns, do you think we'll get some kind of messaging or quick little video clip addressing the situation in Bachelor Nation. Because I thought we were going to get, like, a black screen, white text, like, we stand by our, like, growing and accountability and whatever. And we got nothing last night. I know. So now I was also expecting something. Um, but now I feel like if they didn't do it last night, I don't know if they're going to do it. Like, they had their time to do it for last night, and there was just no acknowledgement. So I don't know. I feel like they might just pretend it's not happening until like after the final rose or something i guess but i'm just like at that point it feels insincere like why did yeah you hate? which it might even feel insincere next week like but in the age of social media like you can fire off a tweet you can be connected to your fans outside of your two-hour primetime viewing window on national television mm-hmm. um i don't know time is of the essence they need to improve across the board so I'm looking forward to Hometowns next week. We have Brie, Michelle, um, Rachel, and Serena P. I'm excited to see them, but I am hopeful that we can kind of see Bachelor Nation improve um, their communication and this space of learning and growth that they've allegedly committed to. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it really comes down to if Rachel is the winner of this season and they just air that with nothing else, it's going to, the show is going to lose even more fans, rightfully so, because that's going to be a train wreck if that's what happens. And I think uh, the writing's on the wall here, Natalie. I think we kind of see where this is going. We kind of know how it ends. And I'm a little anxious for it. I'm disappointed. I'm angry. Um, but I think closing this podcast out, this episode out, I am so in awe of, you know, just how people can be thrown into the public spotlight and speak on conversations that are clearly emotional and do so in a way that inspires me to be more informed and more patient and careful with my words because they carry weight. Um, so I just want to like shout out the ladies from the season. They're incredible. Um, I know there's been a lot of bullying, but to see, you know, the producers removed from it, who they are online and what mm-hmm. they're encouraging everyone to do. It's, it's been really cool to see. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So uh, thank you ladies for challenging me to be a better person. Chris Harrison, figure your shit out. And on that note, uh, this is going to close out uh, this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you next week.